What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host today, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. First of all, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on the show. My guest today is Pauly G. Pauly G was on the podcast way, way, way long ago when I first started, but I thought it would be cool to have him join me again, talk about what he's up to, what he's excited about. We talk all about pizza in it's just a great interview with Paulie. Always good talking to friends. If you haven't yet, go check out last week's podcast with Q Wimberly from The Missing Brick. That was a great episode about working with family, getting started in the pizza business, even though you're not really familiar with it, opening a restaurant and man- maneuvering through 2020, which for all of us has been kind of a unique experience. So go check out that week, uh, that episode from last week. That was a good one. But today, Paulie G is my guest, and this is going to be a good show. I think you're going to enjoy this one. If you're in New York, Definitely stop by Polly G's. Definitely once we get back to traveling and going out and visiting places, I can't wait to get back to all my friend spots and great places like Polly G's because I haven't been able to have the chance to stop in there yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it once we get back into the traveling situation, if we ever get back to that. Got to tell you, I'm a little bit tired of not being able to do that, but I can't wait to get back to a somewhat normal travel schedule and going out there and visiting pizzerias and creating content. Really looking forward to get back into that. Before we get started today, uh, I have to say thank you to our sponsor for the show, Forza Forney. If you're not familiar with who Forza Forney is, they have the best ovens. The guys like Anthony Falco and Anthony Mangieri and Frank Pinello all suggest you use Forza Forney ovens. Best guys, best people over there, best ovens. I highly suggest you go check them out, if, whether you're looking to get started in the pizza business and you're looking for an oven to get started with maybe your mobile business, which a lot of people have been doing that lately, starting their mobile business. Maybe they're starting something that they've always wanted to start, but they never really had the opportunity until this whole thing happened in 20 and 2021. Reach out to Forza Forney. They can hook you up with an oven to get your mobile business started. Or if you're looking for an upgrade or a new oven, they have the best around. Great people over there as well. Great customer service. Great selection. ForzaForney.com is where you go to get all the information from that. And if you go to the Pizza Expo, which is hopefully happening in June, check out the booth at ForzaForney. You can see demonstrations from all great pizza chefs and how the ovens work. And they even let you make a few pizzas in there. So definitely check that out at this year's Pizza Expo. If you're looking to market your pizzeria in 2021, you have to contact MailShark. It's got to be your direct mail go-to company. Whether you want to get your menu in the hands of new customers or promote your pizza shop with a postcard, magnet, or one of the hottest direct mail pieces, they have these plastic postcards. MailShark will work with you to come up with the best marketing plan that fits your budget, and that's very important in 2021. MailShark gives pizzerias the ability to spread those mailings and payments out over a weekly schedule so it doesn't have to be all upfront money it helps you out lets you work with them to put those content pieces out and pay for it as you go thousands of pizzerias trust mail shark with their direct mail and printing marketing they are the best in the industry give them a call today 610-621-5116 or you can visit them at themailshark.com forward slash SPM to find out how they can help your pizza shop. They have so many options available. Again, 610-621-5116 or themailshark.com forward slash SPM. And if you want to learn from me, our mastermind group is open. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind group. Two monthly calls with us, answering all your marketing questions, checking over your social, giving you some advice, answering all your questions. Not only just about marketing, but about everything that has to do with the pizza business. 
Again, you can check that out, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind, or email me if you have a question. If there's anything I can do to help you, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email for that. Okay, let's get into today's podcast with Pauly G. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Pauly G, the one and only, is joining me on the show today. Pauly, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time and joining me right here on the podcast. Uh, the pleasure is all mine, okay? When I look at the lineup of people that you had on, uh, it's, I feel I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm definitely glad I'm on here. And most importantly, you have, I, I don't know if this was intentional or not. You have me on National Pizza Day. I know. This has to be a coincidence, right? No. I, I mean, maybe. It might be a coincidence. But not I'm glad it's National Pizza Day, okay? But we're opening up Paul G's Wicker Park this very really? at 4 p.m. Central Time. Today? At the slice window, yes. Wow. At, that's like 45 minutes from now. We better get the show on the road then, right? Good. And, and, more, and, and importantly as well, it's the third anniversary of my friend uh, Vinny Vegas' good, uh, good pile Las Vegas, and I'm wearing his hat today in his honor. That's Even though we're opening up our own spot, I put on his hat <laughs> on his third anniversary. Show him some love. Vinny's a good guy. He's been on the podcast, too. He's a great guy. Yes, I listen to his podcast. Um, but I appreciate you. Listen, I'm honored that you took the time to join me on the podcast, and I'm honored that I get the chance to talk with some of the amazing pizza guys in the, uh, in the community that we're in here. So I'm excited to talk to you. So I know that you're opening a shop today, but you're most famous. Well, let me, let me, let me correct that. Yeah. My buddy Derek Tung is opening this shop in Chicago today. Oh, okay. Okay. It's all him. All him yeah. and, and, and his partners there. But you have a slice shop in, in New York, right? I do. We in, do, yes. So when did you open your first pizzeria? March 9, 2010. And you started by cooking pizza in your backyard, if I recall our conversation, and invited some bloggers over, and they happened to love the pizza, and then you opened a pizzeria. Yes, but I did all of that. Um, so I could open up a pizzeria. It wasn't a hobby that I decided to, to go pro with. Yep. I decided to build an oven at home to prove to myself that I could do what, what other people were doing. Now that's funny. Cause in 2020, I've, I've talked to a lot of people in the podcast that have done that in 2020, but you're the OG you've been doing, you were the original person to do it. <laughs> The OG. Okay, I'll take that. 67, right? I, I could be the OG. Yeah, you were the original person that everybody thinks of that started kind of uh, coming up with his pizza recipes in his backyard and then decided to open a pizzeria, which is cool. Well, it worked out very well. I'm glad I did. I had to prove to myself that I could do it. If, if, if you don't believe you can do something, it's not going to happen. 100%. I agree with that 100%. You have to believe it. And that's with anything. Like you have to believe it yourself because if you believe if you don't believe it yourself, then you're already doomed for failure. Right. The first time you run into some kind of obstacle, you're going to bang up against it. You're not going to punch through. Right. Uh, now, 2020 has been, 2020 I'm sure has been a, a pretty big obstacle for you. How, how have you guys gotten through the year? Well, we're getting there. You know, I have good and bad. I have a slice shop that was already doing the things that, you know, you need to do during the pandemic. And then right. I have a wonderful place where I offered, you know, I offered pizza and music and conversation. And now I basically can't offer much of any of that, but you know, we're hanging, we're hanging in there. Um, you know, we're doing everything so that we can, we can bring people back inside as safely as possible. Uh, knock wood. I have a table, wood table here. I'm going to knock real hard, Sorry. <laughs> but you know, we've been open 11 months during the pandemic at the slice shop. We never missed a beat. Uh, you know, we're not making as much money as we did before, right. but, um, we've all, we're all healthy 
okay? We haven't had one incident. Uh, we do everything we need to do, and we've done that the same in the times we've been open at the wood-fired place. And, you know, I'm just grinding it out, holding my breath and not, not getting too excited because I don't think this is over. Yeah. What, the wood-fired place, are you just doing takeout and delivery, or are you, just, are you have people in there? No, I, I, I tried. Um, you know, that pizza doesn't travel well. I cut yeah. takeout six years ago uh, because I just, you know, a pizza box to a Neapolitan pie is a coffin. Okay. <laughs> but true. when this came along, um, when I opened back up, we we're only able to do outdoors. And, you know, we don't have many, many seats outdoors. Uh, I felt I had to do, start doing takeout again. I was reluctant at first because we were already doing takeout around the corner at the slice shop. Right. But we did do that. And then when they shut us down entirely again in December, you know, I had the crew there. Everybody was humming along. Um, and I didn't want them to lose their, their jobs. And I wanted to try to keep the place open. So I decided, okay, we're going to do delivery as well. Because, you know, once the winter came, the outdoor dining was gone. You know, people want to put up Taj Mahals with, you know, heaters in them and everything. Great. That's fine. Worry about authorities coming around and giving you a fine, taking away your liquor license because you have three sides of the thing closed instead of two. <laughs> right. uh, so I was just down to takeout. And I said, I have to do delivery to be able to, to stay open. And we did it. And, you know, I never did delivery before. I never wanted any part of that. Okay. At least with, with the Neapolitan style pizza. Right. And within two weeks, I knew exactly why I didn't want to do that. <laughs> it was done. And I had to close the restaurant again. I had oh, to close that because we couldn't, especially in the winter, I couldn't survive on people coming out to pick up my pizza, you know, in weather like we're having now. So what made you decide to stop doing delivery? Was it the customers complaining or was it just yes, not working absolutely. out? Absolutely. It was pizzas that were getting there an hour later. You know, when yeah. you do takeout, you can make the pie, you can time it as best you can. If they arrive late, you know, it's easy enough for us to just throw in another pie. Here, here's a fresh pie for you. Right. But, you know, you can't do that uh, with delivery. And, and, you know, so pies would go coming in sideways and you know, it was just, it was a mess. Yeah. And I know you're in New York too. So you probably have a more sophisticated customer base than someone who serves Neapolitan pizza in Boston or in New Hampshire you know or something. You know what? I don't care where people are. If they got a pizza that was like sideways in a box and, and ice cold, um, it wasn't going to matter sophistication or not. So. True. But what I mean is, Neapolitan style, like in New York City, they're probably more used to Neapolitan style pizza than they are outside of New York City. So they probably are aware that it doesn't come as it does when yes, you sit in the restaurant. Yes, yes, they are. They understand it's more of a dining experience. But, yeah. So uh, were they supporting you up to that point where you close it down? Uh, uh, yeah, they were very supportive as much as possible. But, you know, the, the thing was, and, and I really didn't want to talk all this time about the pandemic, but what are we going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of um, like, it is what it is, right? I was very upset because all of New York State was at 50% indoor dining. And when they opened New York back up, they only did it at 25%. And in my mind, I said, what's the difference between a restaurant in another part of the state and inside my restaurant? It's the same thing, right? But when we finally did open, I was allowed 18 seats, just 18 seats, right? You know, the only time I filled those 18 seats were on Friday and Saturday night at prime time, because what I discovered was people are just not ready to come out. They yeah. don't feel safe enough. So 
you know, it didn't matter. I mean, we have to get people feeling more comfortable. And I'm not sure if they're ever, you know, we're never going to get back to where it was before. Right. Um, How far apart are the two pizzerias? Your slice shop and your... Two and a half blocks. So they're not far. So you don't need to like, I was going to think, you know, maybe you should, you would serve the other style of pizzeria at the, the pizza at the other pizzeria, but they're so close. You don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. I, I did the Danny Meyer uh, thing. I, I opened up right around the corner. I never wanted to have pizzerias very far apart, try to manage more than one. That's why I went with the model of helping pe- other people open up their own spots. Yeah. What, what made you decide to open the slice shop? Well, the, a big part of it was cutting and takeout. People would start complaining right away uh, that they couldn't get their pie and take it to the park anymore or, or whatever. And I realized that I was leaving money on the table and uh, a light bulb went off of my head, a little place around the corner from me, you know, was serving New York style pizza. I said, you know, maybe I could purchase the place from them. Uh, that pizza travels well and I can make up for that. And it all went from there. Um, and it was a great decision. You know, I, I look now, if I didn't have this slice shop, uh, I'd be in really big trouble. You know, people continued. They were used to ordering from us. They knew us, they knew what we were serving. And, you know, we'd be in big trouble. Did you keep the same recipe when you, so that you bought an existing pizzeria? No, I, I tried to, but the guy, you know, even though he, he said it was for sale, it really wasn't. I got oh. very frustrated. I finally said, you know what? I, I told the guy, I said, but you know, if you're not going to do this for me, um, I'm going to have to open up a place nearby. And that's what I did. I found a spot. And thank God I did. Thank God that guy didn't sell to me. This thing that, that I wanted from him was this little tiny thing. And now I got this place with a great thing in the back, you know, a, a bar in the back with six big screen TVs where you could hang out and enjoy your pie and enjoy some beers. We got 16 taps. I would have never had any of that. That guy did me the biggest favor. <laughs> really sometimes, uh, like, it turns out for the best, right? You never know. It really does. You know, I thank God many times for the things that didn't work out because it brought me something better. So how did you come up with the recipe for the slice shop? Did you do the same thing you kind of did with your Neapolitan place or did you just kind of hire somebody or how did you come up with the recipe for that? No, we, you know, I have a lot of friends in the pizza world. Uh, I, my, my buddy who was working for me, I actually was not going to open up the slice shop because the year I was going to do it, I was about to sign a lease. Um, we had four locations opening up in 2016. Wow. Uh, you know, wood fired places. And I went and I spoke with, you know, I asked people all the time. That's the way I've done everything in this business. I, I talked to other people, find out what they did. And I went, I went to this one person who had, you know, always said, hey, if you ever have any, um, ever have any questions about doing something, come talk to me. I'll be glad to help. He, was, he did consulting work for New York style pizza, let's say, right? And when I went, he was very discouraging, very discouraging. And you know, and I started, yeah, you know, he apologized later, but (laughs) um, he did. Um, Well, why why do you want to discourage you? Did he not want you to open it or did he just try to make you feel like- I'm not gonna speculate on that, okay? I think I caught him, actually he told me, I caught him at a time when things weren't going very well for him. He was having- So he was just bitter. And, you know, he's saying, you know, this is really, you sure you want to do this? This is not, you know, it's not easy, yada, yada, yada. So, but I went back and I told Drew Brown, Drew Brown was working in my kitchen, right? And he was going to, he, originally he was going to go out to Oakland and open up a wood fire place for me, right? But they decided, he and his girlfriend decided they wanted to stay in New York. And we decided that we were going to do this slice shop thing, right? And he was going to, he was going to spearhead it. And... 
when I came back to him and told him, you know, I'm thinking really, we really shouldn't do this right now. It's not the best time. And, and he said to me, we're going to do this thing. You never mind. He said, I will take, you don't worry about it. I will take care of everything. And that's all I had to hear. Because I knew <laughs> he wasn't going to take care of everything, right? But I knew that if ever there was anything I wanted him to take care of, he, he was not going to be able to say no. So, right. And thank God he did that. Thank God he talked me back into it because it, it turned out great. It turned out great. That's, do you make pizza still? No. Well, yes, I do. Anytime somebody wants to come to the wood-fired place and film, you know, do a filming, they want me to make the pizza. So I have to make the pizza. Do you enjoy making pizza? No. No. <laughs> I enjoy inspiring other people making pizza. I enjoy making sure that they're making it right. I enjoy talking to people about making pizza. I enjoy, you know, walking around my restaurant. Um, I don't enjoy people who don't show up for work and never show up again. Yeah. But no, not anymore. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, you stand there. At first, I did it for the first five months because I thought that that's what I had to do. All of my idols are people I wanted to be like, okay? Who Anthony, are some of those people? Anthony Mangieri, Chris yeah. Bianco, Mark Iacono, Dom DeMarco. Yeah. Every single one of them were the guys in the place making pizza. And I thought that's what I had to do. And I was resigned to it. I said, okay, well, you know, I want to do this. If this is going to be my life, it got to be better than working in a stinking corporate world, having a boss. <laughs> so this is it. I'm going to do that. And then, you know, I looked at them, and the very first night, we had a friends and family night, right? And I look around, and I'm overwhelmed. I mean, this is how, how can we do this, right? And, you know, I realized, hey, my restaurant is twice the size of these guys. You know, so, and, and I did it for five months. But uh, as soon as we, we really got busy when we uh, finally were able to serve wine and beer. And at that point, I had a good crew. They kept on telling me, go ahead, go out, go out and schmooze. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. And um, I started doing that. and I never looked back. And you know, every once in a while, I would jump in an emergency. I don't even do that now. I, <laughs> I just make them work one down. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you like, you like the people part of the business. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I discovered... That you know, what I'm doing, I was born to do. I wish I knew this sooner. But this is what I used to do at home. You know, I work all week. You know, you look, it's, it's funny. Somebody did a, a, a video on me on some TV show or something once. And one of the clips they showed was me sitting, somebody sitting at their computer at work with pizza on their screen. Well, that was me. And, <laughs> and I just, you know, I, w I wish I knew sooner. So it's, you know, I go home on a, for the weekend. I, I, I'd have people over, I'd cook for them before I had the pizza. I never made pizza in my life, by the way. I, I used to get like naan bread, put, you know, put sauce and cheese on it. <laughs> but I'd always cook. I love to cook for people. And I'd always cook what, what I wanted to eat myself. And that's what I love to do. And I'd make a playlist of music. And, and now that's what I'm doing every day. I'm getting paid to do. What I, and, and, and people lining up, they used to line up. Uh, to come to my place. I, you know, it, sometimes it would be a struggle. I wanted to have a party at my house. I couldn't get people to come, you know. So That's now awesome. it's like, I, I really, I, I've been blessed by God. It's just, what, what, it's so what do you, like, so, so there's probably people who probably ought to work, you know, I don't know, 2020, I feel like there's been a lot of people who email us or listen to the podcast and are like, you know what, maybe it's time. They're starting to cook at home. Like what made you make that decision? You know, I'm doing it. What can you, I, you know what? I, I learned a lot in multi-level marketing, different things, but you need to be working for yourself. And I wanted yep. to do that. Um, and one of the things I always remember somebody saying, 
you know, they try in, in multi-level marketing, you go to conferences, they encourage you, they, you know, they, um, you know, they get, get you to believe in yourself and believe in you can do it. And, and this one guy would say, you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you get. And finally, I knew I had to do it. I was out. I had left um, a company I worked for for 18 years, okay, AT&T and affiliated companies. And I became a consultant. And I was out there and it was hard finding work. I wasn't good at what I did, okay? I was okay. But there were people there doing what, what I was getting paid to do that they were born to do. Like, I'm born to, to entertain people, right? Right. And, and it was very discouraging. You know, sometimes I'd be out of work for weeks or months on end, not getting a new consulting assignment. And I just had to do something. And that's, that's what made me do it. And finally, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I just said, I'm going to do this. And, you know, I got worried. I, I finally found a place, make a long story short. Um, and I had to sign that lease. And that was the scariest moment of my life. But I always remembered that through my life, when I came into tough times and things were rough and I needed to, I wanted something to happen for myself or whatever, I would turn to God and I'd pray to God, okay? Uh, and my prayers many, many times were answered. And I think it's a matter of, I believe that, I, I, I can't describe God. I don't think anybody can describe God. I think it's, it's it, God is beyond comprehension, but I know God is there. And I just felt that I had God's power within me. And I said, you know what? I got to do something. I can't, I can't be, be afraid to do this now because nothing's ever going to happen for me. And, and I just said, if things go sideways, God will help me. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. that gave me, I had to walk through that wall of fear. I say it all the time. God gave me, you know, my belief that God could help me if things were bad and I'd have the strength, his strength in me to, to make things right that allowed me to take that chance. And that's what other people should do. You know, if, if you're doing something that you don't love, okay, you need to change that. You need to do what you love because if you do what you love, you'll be great at it. Yep. And you'll yeah. love doing it. It won't feel like work. Yeah, 100% right there. Like that, you just said it. Like if you do what you love, like people ask me, like I love doing this podcast, what we do for people that we work with behind the scenes. And like, it does, this doesn't feel like work to me. I get to talk to you. I get to talk to other people in our industry. And like, that's fun to me. And I don't feel like this is a job. And, and it's, it's very obvious because yeah. you do a great job with, with your podcast and you, and you can see that you're enjoying it. As you, so as did you have to buy that? Did you have to buy that voice or did you just happen to have it? <laughs> no, I, I stumbled my way into this voice, I think. Uh, well, you did a good job stumbling. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, do you think, do you suggest people who want to, maybe say someone listens to this podcast and they, their goal is to open their own pizzeria. Do, they, do you think they should do it the way you do and kind of cook at home and invite people over and work the recipe that way? Or do you think they just should jump, just jump full in? You know, I don't know. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, it's, I always want to do things my way. Okay. Uh, I love not having a boss. The greatest discovery I made is I was meant to be the boss, not have a boss. Right. And if I had to go out, I remember some guy, I, I went to him to see if I could get him to invest. Right. You know, looking for investors. And he had this friend who owned a pizzeria and he was trying to get me to go work in this pizzeria. And you know what? I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work at a pizzeria for a year to do that. But for other people, that might be great. Right. Well, that might be great for them. You, you need to learn, you, you know, you need to find a belief that you could do something. If it takes going and working for somebody else to, to learn those steps, 
That's what you need to do. But, but what you need to do is believe that you could accomplish it. You need to go around. You need, if you think you want to do something, go look for the people who are doing what you want to do and, and look at them and figure out how they did it. My greatest inspiration, absolutely greatest inspiration was Mark Iacono. Because here's a guy, he was like 38 years old. He had never made pizza in his life. He, he was in construction. He, made mar- he did marble countertop fabrication. I believe that's what he did. <laughs> And he opened, he, opened, he opened up a pizzeria in Brooklyn, and literally, literally, within, he worked on it for two and a half years on his own because he was handy. Uh, but when he opened up, literally within a week, something happened, and, and, and he became the most popular pizzeria in the city. You couldn't get in. And he gave me that belief that here's somebody who never did it before. And they were able to do it. You just need, you need to be able to believe you could accomplish something. And you need to commit. Don't be afraid to tell people you're going to do something. Commitment is your best friend. Okay? When you say you're going to do something, you got to do it. You know, never, never use the word try. That's what I tell people. I love it. Try is a four-letter word. <laughs> that's what I, and, and I'm so honored to be able to get the opportunity to talk to people now and let them see that he and me, look at this guy. How did he ever, you know, get to the point where he be on this podcast? I want to give people that belief. Okay. So this is, this is a great thing that you're giving me today. And you've had so many people work for you that have gone on to open up their own pizzerias, which is an amazing story in and of itself. I I, I love doing that. Whether the place has my name on it or not, I just love doing that. You know, the whole thing about, um, these Paulie G's locations in Chicago and, and, and Baltimore, Columbus, and uh, at one time Miami, well, was that I gave people the opportunity to be entrepreneurs. That's what I'm offering them. You know, they, they soon enough can learn. I mean, you look at Derek Tung in Chicago, you, you look at uh, TJ in, in Columbus, and you look at Kelly in Baltimore. They're making great pizza, pizza that they never learned from me. I gave them the springboard. I gave them the opportunity because... I, you know, I love being my own boss. I love owning my own place. If they were just trying to replicate everything that I did, um, they wouldn't feel that way. So I knew I had to give them the autonomy to do that. And you just get, you know, and you, you gotta, you gotta commit to doing it and things will happen. For you. That's good that you let them do that too, because they get the notoriety of the name. So they get a little of exposure when they open, but you let them experiment and do things that maybe you don't even do in your pizzerias. Uh, absolutely. And you know, it's difficult sometimes because sometimes, <laughs> you know, I have some guiding principles that they don't believe in. And, you know, and I gotta, you know, I gotta bite my toe. Actually, I don't bite my tongue. They just don't listen. But, <laughs> but fortunately they don't listen sometimes for instance Derek is a great example I didn't think that he should do Detroit style pizza when he opened up from day one he wanted to do Detroit style pizza on top of the the, the Neapolitan style stuff right and you know he's a stubborn guy sometimes okay you can't <laughs> tell him things and he went and he did it and thank god he did because it just it's been magnificent right but you have to you know I had to be able to let people do their own thing how do you meet the people who open up Poly G's? Do they have to work for you or do they just contact you? Or like, how do you meet those guys? They typically come to me. Look at, you know, the word is, has always been out that, you know, if, if you want some advice, because I learned from Chris Bianco, not learned, I was assigned. I it was given an assignment by Chris Bianco. Really? I went out there, one of the people I talked to, I went out there with my son and, and we sat with him before he opened one day. And, you know, he gets talking. I don't know how well you know. I think you do. And he doesn't stop. 
he talked for an hour. His pizzeria was open. He was still sitting next door in the park <laughs> talking to me. I That's said, awesome. come on, you got to go, right? But, you know, he just, I don't remember a lot of it because we were drinking, right? And on an empty stomach. But the one thing I did remember, I thanked him profusely, right? I remembered a couple of things, but I thanked him profusely. And he said, Paulie, don't thank me. He said, just pay it forward. And that, that haunted me. <laughs> because whenever anybody would come to me for advice, you know, I would, I would gladly give them advice. So that's how people came to me. Derek, he knew me from Slice. If, if you're into pizza, you probably know about what Slice was. Not what With Adam? No. Adam Kuban's yeah. uh, website, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and he came to me just looking for advice. He, had a, he, had a, um, he was doing a green market pizza thing with some friends. And he, and he had this business. It was, it was just the name. You know, it's a good thing that he didn't tell me right away what the name of his place was because I probably would have said, this is a guy I never, ever, ever want to deal with. Okay? Do you remember the what the name of, was? The name, the name of his, his pizza business was Zapi, Z-A-P-I. So first of all, you know, his geekiness came out. And, and, and please don't ever call pizza Za in any one of my places. Okay? But it's called Zapi. But he contacted me, and, and, and I was looking for places. I remember I had this article from Forbes magazine, like the coolest neighborhoods in, in the country, right? And, and that's one of the things I did. We opened up in Greenpoint. Greenpoint was like a little sister to, to Williamsburg. And, and I, I felt that if we were going to open up more places, those are the kind of places I want to open up in. I was successful in that kind of neighborhood. And, you know, you want to repeat that success. So he, I remember reading about Wicker Park right? Wicker Park in this Forbes article. And you can probably still find the article. And he was talking to me and I was giving him some advice and, and I'm feeling him out. I said, so what are you thinking of doing? He said, well, I'm thinking I'm going to open up a play. I want to open up out in the suburbs. Oh, okay. Like Naperville or something. Like that. I said, yeah, that's too bad. You know, because I'm, I'm looking to do something in the city, maybe like Wicker Park. Right. And, and, you know, like about 10 minutes later, everything changed. Right. And we started running. So that's how, that's how people come to it. And, and I look at this. Now, I don't know how many years later. It's quite a few years later. He opened up in Logan Square, which I was very happy about because I saw that Logan Square was to – am I talking too slow, by the way? I just want to – No, you're good. <laughs> I'm joking. You're um, perfectly adequate for the podcast. Um, I'm trying to get a lot in because I know you're going to try to cut me off eventually, right? <laughs> but, but I'll cut case, you off. I'm, I'm good at that. Logan, Logan, Logan Square was to um, – was to Wicker Park like uh, Greenpoint was to Williamsburg. So yeah. I saw that that was going to be a great neighborhood, just like Greenpoint was going was to come on, right? So, uh, but then here we are. That's, you know, I wanted to do that. And, and now today we're opening up there. But, you know, people would come to me all the time. And, you know, that's how I find them. So you have one in Miami too, right? We do not. We oh, did have one in Miami, but you know when they say location, location, location. Yeah, I don't know Miami's why the freak we didn't listen to that. I, I terrible mistake. We just was didn't. it just Miami's not the good market for that place, or what happened? Uh, I, you know what? That's that could be part of it, but we didn't have a good location. We wanted to open up in Wynwood, and we we got impatient. We got impatient. That's it. And yeah. you know, and what are you going to do? But you know, I, I don't. You know, I'm not sure that that. Miami was ready for the pizza that, that we were serving. But location was important. Yeah, because so. Florida's got that great weather in the wintertime, you know. You can always go down there and open a pizzeria. Yeah. You know? and, and what do you have to say about that, the, the great weather in July and August? I guess that, that's what you have the New York one for, right? You come back here and you hang out on this Yeah, one. yeah, there you go. There you go. 
you go there in the wintertime and then you come back here in, in New York in the Northeast. So I'm in Boston. So I know the, the weather in New oh. York is not great. Oh, Boston. Yeah. You know, I got to say, uh, Tom Brady, you know what the greatest thing about Tom Brady is? What's that? The Giants beat him twice. <laughs> yes, that is also true. <laughs> Don't remind me of that. Perfect Listen, season. I'm Perfect old en- season. Down I'm the spring. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember. See, I don't feel bad that the Patriots won so much because I'm old enough to remember the 80s and the Patriots were the worst team in the NFL for like 15 years, 20 years in a row. So Don't you feel bad for Drew Bledsoe, though? I mean, like he was ready to come on. and boom. Yeah, but he had his time. He had his chance. He had, a, he yeah, had he many did. years. We had many years of Drew Bledsoe not making us get there. So. So, so let me ask you something. As a Patriot fan, how do you feel now that, you know, he wanted as a buck. I mean, listen, he uh, Belichick didn't want him back, so there's not much that you could say about that. You know, the Belichick. I I think they made a wrong decision. They should have kept him for a couple more years. He wasn't one of those quarterbacks that was showing his age. I know he's 43, but it wasn't a quarterback that completely stunk and couldn't throw the ball anymore. He was still pretty good, and I think they should have stuck it out, but they didn't. So, well, you know, good and, for him. and you know what? I I think that was part of his motivation. Totally. Sure, to stick it to them. So Yeah, Tom Brady was always but, one of those guys that in Boston people talked about him having, you know, using outside influence for motivation to make him either practice more or study more or work harder during these games, and that definitely helped him, I think. Yeah, well, we, we got to get back to food here, okay? I'm not going to go back to pizza in Boston. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. You got to open a Poly G's in Boston. Maybe that'll this is called. This is called um uh smart pizza marketing right yes i i I like to promote other people right and here's a place that i love to promote because the one thing about boston i love is that they have that my favorite restaurant in the whole world okay and i go there whenever i can i'll spend whatever it costs to get there okay It's, it's a little sicilian seafood place called the daily catch and i love to promote them because you know what they'll promote me okay and it place is just amazing. If you haven't been there, you need to go. Have you been? I have not. Oh, you need to go. You need to tell them I sent you to. I will. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, I've flown there and driven back. I've, I've driven there, flown back. I've driven there, taken the train back. Well, one day, I go there for lunch. Well, if I, if I fly both ways, I'll, I'll, I'll do lunch and dinner. Okay. <laughs> I've gone there with my pizza buddies. I got a pizza buddy. You know about Bombolina up in Salem? I do. All right. Have you had him on yet? I have. Oh, you have? I got to go yep. find that. Yeah. I love that guy. I love that guy. Um, I'm forgetting his first name. Me too. But it's, it's not. He's going to kill me. Last name. Larry. Larry Leibowitz. Yes. Um, Jews make great pizza, by the way. I was going to say, he's going to kill me because he texts me all the time and I... I forgot his first name. No, no, Jews make great pizza. We need to put that in there. He has. Um, so in Bambolino, so he does a Neapolitan-style pizza as well. He started this um, kind of a New York-style concept out of Bambolina for takeout and delivery now. Right, right. Tell me that. Yeah, we went up there recently to see him. Actually, we went into his Korean place, whatever it was. A yes. Place. Yeah. Yep. Right, right around the corner. What's the name of it? I forget that. I see. I like to promote people. I forget the name of it. Yeah, I'll. It's. I forget the name of it. Larry's well, well, a great guy. We had we had great meals. At the Daily Catch. Another guy, my buddy Peyton Smith, who I know you had on. Yep. He came, and by the way, is that a quarterback's name or is that a quarterback? <laughs> it is. Peyton Smith, right? Come on. Yep. 
right? He, he flew up. One time I flew up and he flew up and met me there to have lunch with Larry and, um, and a couple of other people. There. So when was this? They, How long ago? I don't know. It was maybe two and a half years ago now. Oh, we next time, a, next we time a, you guys do that, you got to call me. I'll come visit. I'll oh, come absolutely. I will. Absolutely. Do, Dominic Lavoli, I think, was the other guy who met us there. He's, he just, I, we know him from Facebook. But no, we'll definitely call you. If, we, if I remember, you know, it's 67. It's hard. Yeah. I have to wait until they have indoor dining again, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hopefully that comes back. I, I think in, in Boston, we're moving up to 50% in a couple of days. Yeah, but 50% in that place is four people. Oh, it's tiny? Oh, it's very tiny. But they do. I, actually, their restaurant outside now is, is, is about four times the size of their indoor restaurant. So do you come up here in the summertime when you do? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've come up in the winter. It, it, nothing stops me, but I, all, all the time. Nice. Yeah, so I'll, I'll follow you on Facebook, and if I see you there, I'll just pop in. Yeah, oh, I usually put something out ahead of time, too. All right. Excellent. So what do you see? So what do you think? What are you excited about this year? Hopefully getting back open in the restaurant? No, I'm not too excited about that because I don't think people are going to come back right away. I you know, hope the vaccine changes that. Yeah, I, I think really that's... Am, but, you know, I want to get back to, you know, you get, it's everybody told, oh, you got to pivot. Please, I don't want to use that word, okay? I don't want to pivot, okay? Maybe I'm stubborn, but I, I want to get us back to to my dream, what I was doing, right? I'm excited that maybe we'll get to that. Um, being able to have people come inside, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely afraid now that everybody's gonna wanna eat outside and I'm gonna have an empty restaurant, even when you could, you know, you're allowed at 100%, right? Yeah. Never. But, um, but that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to playing music to people again. Before you called, I was sitting here, I was adding songs to my playlist. I got a 6,800 song playlist. <laughs> wow. So that's what I'm looking forward to, but I don't know what's going to happen. And the other thing I'm praying for, because the one thing I missed more than anything last year was Pizza Expo. Okay. Yes. I was that just going to ask is, you about you that. Know, people may go there for business to learn stuff, yada, yada, yada. I, that, that is the social event of the year for me. Okay. It's like a frigging cotillion and, you know, whatever that is down south, right? I just love it. So I'm it's, hoping. I'm it's hoping. funny you say that. I just posted something to my Instagram where it was like, uh, they just did the Super Bowl and they had the weekend do the uh, halftime show. And there was this meme where he was kind of running through like a maze. And I said, this is me after on the third day of the pizza expo, trying to visit all the booths. Cause I spent the first two yeah. days just talking to everybody. Exactly. So, but yeah, and you go to the booths and you, you talk to the people there. It's like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, but I, I'm, I'm not feeling good about that. They're talking about the end of June. I, I don't see it. I, I think maybe we may have a better chance of doing the pizza and pasta one in September, October than the June one. Well, there's a heartbreaker for you for me. I was supposed to be the keynote speaker um, at, the, at the one in, in you know. In, this past October? Yeah. I what were you going to talk about? I, we were going to do this. I said, listen, I'm really honored that you would want me to do this. I was shocked, right? But I said, but, you know, I left the corporate world because if I had to make a speech the night before I went to all, I was sick to my stomach. Uh, you know, if, if you want to do it in an interview format, um, you know, I'd be very honored to do it. And he immediately said, yeah, sure, no problem. So I was excited. It would be kind of like when Chris Bianco was up there. I mean, I, you know, he just started going and that was it. And he did a good job. I mean, this is, that, that's the only way I would do it. But, I, you know, it was disappointing that, I, you know, I didn't get to do that. Maybe they'll have you – they'll probably rebook you for this year coming up, though, don't you think? 
Yeah, they already said they were, but, you know, let's, let's well, see if that happens too. Well, here's the deal. So at the shows, usually I'm at the Forts of Forney booth. They, they usually set up a little table for you me. No, I, I know that you say that. Every podcast I listen to, you happen to mention the Forts of Forney booth at Pete's Expo. Come by. We'll do a live podcast like this in person. Oh, that sounds good. You know, one time I was over there, there's a guy who, who sells, I, I think he's a guy who sells ovens. Uh, he's a South Asian guy, sells them in Colorado or something. I went over there and he was talking to me. He's a very nice guy. He follows me on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And all of a sudden he had cameras and, 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 and like a few days later, I see that he had me doing a promo for his oven. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea. <laughs> that's what no we don't we don't i don't do that it's just this interview there's no there's just i just happen to be at the fort savorni booth there's i would, no love, promo. That. I would nope. love that i hope i get to see everybody there i really yeah i, I miss that i want to get to see my boy vincent okay because i want to see his new place if anybody's out in vegas you got to go see Vinny's new place it looks awesome okay well i went to last pizza expo i visited his old place and i have to say he had one of the best pizzas i've ever had He's, he makes great pizza yeah my camera shut off here. What's happened there? My camera shut off. Oh, okay. That was you? That was me, yeah. Keep wearing a hat. Keep wearing a hat. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, I, need to get a, I need a poly G hat. Oh, yeah. No problem. There we go. I, I don't bring them to Pizza Expo because I'd have to give too many out. I only did that once for the Pizza Pilgrims. You know who the Pizza Pilgrims are? Yeah, the guys from the UK. Have you had them on? Yes, early, early on. Oh, you got to get them again. They're going wild. They're going hog wild over there. They yeah. got a slice shop now. So. Well, but they sent me their book. They got a book coming out now too, right? No, they no, had no, a book I'm out. in a book, page 272, I believe. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. Find that. They did a nice piece. They came here and I took them to Sam's. You know about Sam's? I do not. Excuse me. Sam's is a, a restaurant here in Brooklyn, Cobble Hill. He makes the absolute best baked clams. Uh, there are no best. There's only favorites, right? But he makes the absolute best baked clams you've ever had, right? And he makes great pizza. It's an old school place from 1935. So I took them there and they did a whole piece on that place too. Did they really? For it. Yeah, we had a great time. So they're, well, they're great guys. I hope, Paulie, before, we, before I let you go, where can people go say oh, hello to you? Oh, let team? me go. Where am I going? Well, I mean, before you let me go, I should say. Uh, you got to open up your, don't you have a new opening happening at five o'clock? Uh, well, five Eastern. Yeah, but I'm here and that's Derek. He, he got oh. I can keep talking. I can okay, cool. Never mind then. And who but, knows? I might have another something coming up. I'm not going to mention anything more, but, um, uh, something, something may be going on a little something, something. Where can people follow you on Instagram? What's your handle on Instagram? Paulie G, P-A-U-L-I-E-G-E-E, -E -E, which I had to fight for. Used to, I used to have to have Paulie G one, two, three and some guy <laughs> from like Europe somewhere who hadn't used it in like nine years. Had, had it captain. Now it's Paulie G. P-A-U-L-I-E. And is that your preferred place or do you like Facebook? Which one do you use your favorite? Oh, Instagram. I hate Facebook. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of followers there, so I keep on sending my my stuff to Facebook. And then one thing I do like about Facebook, you can actually post a link there, just like Twitter. I'm never on Twitter, but you can post a link there. So. But yeah. Instagram, I you know, you look at my Instagram, I have to, oh, I'm sorry. We also have Paulie G's Slice Shop. Paulie G's with an S underscore Slice Shop, right? Yep. That's more specifically on the Slice Shop. If you look at mine, 
It's more my life, okay? It's not a lot of promotion of what pizza we have coming up or whatever. It's just what I think, what I feel, and what I'm doing. Yeah, you do a lot of like curation and a lot of like promoting other folks in the industry as well. I do. It's all about my head. Thank God I don't have a lot of hair, right? Because I don't either. Because I didn't have a lot of hair, I wear ha- I wore hats a lot, and and this game I built my business on my head. Okay, I really did because. I, every night I wear somebody else's hat. I never wear my own. You can't wear Paulie G's logos and Paulie G's. Okay. That's the, that's my, that's my marketing, right? I'll wear other people's hats and I'll promote them. I do that all the time. Where do you keep all your hats? Oh, I can show you right now. I have a six drawer chest of drawers there. Do they still use that term chest of drawers? Yeah. Why not? And, and those are just my, well, at the top drawer is my ski hats or baseball caps. Almost all. Um, top drawer, and there's about there's a hundred by a hundred, no, I don't know, fifty in each drawer. Ski hats in the top. Then I have one, two, three, four, arranged by different colors um, drawers, and then I have the best of the rest on the bottom, right here in my my living room. You need to call the Guinness Book of World Records. Maybe you have the most pizza hats of anyone, like Scott does the most pizza boxes. I might. I just might. You know, you can, you can find out exactly which pizza hats I have by going on my, my Polygy's Pizza Hat Project on Instagram. What's that? Well, go check it out. Polygy's Pizza. It's a, it's a picture of every pizza hat I have. Now, it could be, it could be a beer that we serve at Polygy's. It could be an ingredient we put on a pie, or, or, but it's mostly other pizzerias. People send them to me. You got a, a smart pizza marketing hat? I don't, but I'll, I'll send you one though, because I could make one. I got a smart pizza marketing sweatshirt that I wear sometimes because it gets cold here in the winter. Well, I would want, Scott did that, Scott's Pizza Tours, while I'm making hats just so he could give me a hat. You don't need to do that. If you have a hat, I put it up, right? I'll send you one. Well, I will. I'll send you but one. But you, you should go look. I also have Paulie G's Ski Hat Project, which is a lot smaller, but I got about 250 pizza hats on that thing. Go look. I'm on the Instagram account right now. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, so there you go. I got to add to it. I got some, I have like an on deck circle. Do you have a favorite one? Huh? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I kind of do. I, I have a few. Um, is it now? Let me ask you this: Is it your favorite because you like the person, or the hat fits you well, or you like the logo? What makes it? No, your favorite? I, it's it's a beautiful looking hat. Okay, I like the hat more than it. Ah, it's a beautiful looking hat. Okay. Um, we'll cut it's that from out. Home Slice. It's from Home Slice. Okay. In Austin, it's a beautiful hat. Scott has one actually. Uh, Sirhan, I don't know if you know who Sirhan is. Yes, Boston Pizza here in Queens. Yep. He has the same hat. It's it's a great hat. I have others that I'm forgetting about right now. Um, but yeah, that 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 comes close to being my favorite. I love it. So, Paulie G, we'll we'll link up all those in the show notes for this episode. Um, I appreciate you joining me. Don't hang up yet, but I'm gonna end the podcast there. I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. Really, it's a great honor. And again, I hope I've, I've given some people the, the, the chutzpah to go out and do what they want to do in their life. And they can reach out to you, right? If they're in New York next time they visit or online. Absolutely. Please do. Paulie G, Paulie G. Com. That's my email address. You go right ahead. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us here on the SPM show. Thanks to Paulie G for joining me on the podcast. If you missed anything, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. We took all the show notes for you over there. We'll link up Polly G's website, him on Instagram, his email. If you want to reach out to him or if you're visiting New York City next time you're in there, definitely stop by Polly G's. Say hello. Tell him you heard him on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Very much appreciate you for doing that. Again, if you need some help from me, our Smart Pizza Marketing Mastermind is open. 
You can also email me, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Check us out on Instagram at smartpizzamarketing and also at the Bruce Irving. And if you're on Clubhouse, I've been doing these rooms on restaurant marketing. My friend Guy, who runs the Restaurant Marketing Club on Clubhouse, some great rooms in there as well. But I've been doing one a week about marketing, about social media, about all things restaurant marketing. Thursday is usually around 2 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're on Clubhouse and you want to hang out with us inside of the restaurant marketing group, just search restaurant marketing. Or you know what? Just search for me, Bruce Irving on Clubhouse. Follow me there. You'll get notified when I do the show, the uh, clubs and these rooms open up. The cool thing about Clubhouse is it's like this podcast, but live and you can hang out, join, ask questions, and it's audio only. So you don't have to be on camera. You don't have to be inside of a nice studio or anywhere where it has good sunlight. You can just use your phone, use your headset, hop in from wherever you are. It's a pretty cool platform. I do have a couple invites. If you need one, in uh, an invite, I have a couple as of the release of this podcast. So you can email me, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. And I can hopefully hook you up with an invite if you're not on there yet. It is iOS only though, just a heads up for that. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.